discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Praise the Lord. Wow. What a blessing. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright, so on Friday I started sharing with you on uh, the power of your sacrifice, isn't it? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I mentioned some scriptures in, uh, in the book of Luke, isn't it? Luke chapter 16. Do you remember? Where did we read? We read from verse 1, isn't it? Luke 16, 1. And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man. See, a certain rich man. I see you as a rich man, a rich woman in Jesus' name. Oh, you don't like money? Don't you like money? There are several things that are spoken of in the Bible. Money is one of the major things that is spoken of in the Bible. When God called Abraham, he said, I will make you great. The making of Abraham great has to do with financial greatness as well. Okay? So it is our inheritance. It is our heritage. I read the Bible where it says that for you yourself know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hmm? That is 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That ye through his poverty might be rich. Might be rich. Say might be rich. So if you take advantage of the grace of God that is in Christ Jesus, riches will not elude you. Say I'm rich. I'm rich. Say it again. I'm rich. I'm rich. So I live like a rich man. I live like a rich woman. Because I am rich. See, I will never lack anything in my life. Money is very important. How many of you think money is important? How many of you would want to get more money? You want more money, isn't it? Do you like money? Do you want more money? Pastors are there to show you how to make more money. That's what pastors are there for. Paul said, as poor, yet making many rich. Mm-hmm. So pastors can make you rich by showing you the scriptures concerning your riches. That's, that's the pastor's job. Okay? And there's a, there's a main way of making you rich. And that is to give your money. <laughs> it's not interesting. How many of you remember men's gold? How was the trade like? Those of you who are into it. Now, before you can get your dividends, you have to put something inside. Isn't it? Inheritance is different from making money. An inheritance is something you don't work for. You get because you are the person's child. Do you get it? Uh huh. So this one, he says that, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, where it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that he might. You didn't say that you will. Do you understand might? Maybe. Or you don't understand the English word might. It's potential, like potential. You might be rich. There's grace for riches. And it's up to you to partake of that grace. Okay? And there's a way to partake of that grace. For instance, go to Romans chapter 5, verse, verse 17. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I just want to talk to you as my children. Concerning money. Okay? And how you can get plenty money. <laughs> For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness 
shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Look at it very carefully. It says, if by one man's offense, death reigned. Whose offense was that? Adam's offense, isn't it? How much more they which receive abundance of grace. It's not everyone. It says, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So even though the grace is there, it is up to you to receive abundance of grace. We are all here, but there's not everybody who has received abundance of grace. Do you see? So you may not be reigning in life. You may not be reigning in life. Why? Because you've not accepted abundance of grace. You've not received abundance of grace. There's grace for your life. There's grace to live the way God wants you to live. But it's all dependent on you. And how much you believe in what God has said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For instance, the grace of God has made us free from sin. Do you believe that? But a Christian can go on doing foolish things. Why? Because he has not learned to receive grace for that particular challenge. It's not that God doesn't want... Grace means God has supplied. Grace means God has done it already. How do you access grace? You access grace by something called faith. The born-again experience is made available to us through grace. It is the work of God. It is called the faith of the operation of God. God brings it to you, but it is up to you to receive it. Do you understand what I'm saying? If someone does not receive Christ consciously, will he receive the grace of God? No, you have to use your faith. It is by grace, but it is through faith. Are you seeing it? So it's important you understand how grace and faith works. God has made it available, but it is up to you to partake of it. It is up to you to take it by your faith. What is faith? Faith is believing in what God has said. And hence acting the way God says you should act. That is faith. So look at Romans chapter 6, verse 11. I just want to use that to explain the finance aspect to you, okay? Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also. The word reckon ye also means account to your, to put it to your account. Like uh, someone who's doing accounting. Balance your books. Likewise. Say likewise. likewise. Say it again. Likewise. likewise. In like manner, reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin. Reckon yourself, account yourself. Let's read the Amplified. I'm sure the Amplified will help us. Even so, consider yourselves. You must learn to consider yourself dead to sin and your relation to it broken, but alive to God, living in unbroken fellowship with Him in Christ Jesus. You must reckon, you must consider. If you don't consider and if you don't reckon, let's read the message and see what the message will say. From now on, think of it this way sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. Have you seen it? Says now think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue. And you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Think this way. So it is up to you. And thinking that way is what brings the grace of God into your life. That's what makes you access the grace. To live a wonderful life, a beautiful life. So the grace, this ability to walk in glorious finances, beautiful finances, have a wonderful life, financial life. I'm not talking about having millions of dollars. You have more than enough. Do you understand? For the level upon which you are. If I prophesy to you and I say you get a million dollars tomorrow, I may be a false prophet. And you will suspect me. You will chase me after tomorrow. Because the probability of it happening is very, very small. Isn't it? But that is why it is prophecy. (laughs) So if a prophet can come to you and say, you are going to get a million dollars tomorrow. And it may happen. Hallelujah. Uh But everything has a process related to it. Okay? There's a process to everything. It moves from one level to the other. And then it goes on and goes on like that. What am I saying? There are things God will have you to do. In order to counter the grace for finances for prosperity so money money is very important okay money is very 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 important and the last time i tried to show you how that money can even travel beyond this world money can travel beyond this world and go into the next world so i started showing you in luke chapter 16 luke chapter 16 we started reading from verse 1. It says, And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. So this guy was accused. 
that he had wasted his Lord's goods. You have used all the Lord's goods for unnecessary things. So the Lord called him and said, come and do accounts. When he realized that if he does the account, he'll be found out. He, what he did was that he went to all those who were owing his master through him. I went to tell them that, listen, how much do you owe my Lord? The first guy said, oh, you are owing my Lord. Uh, uh, I'm owing your Lord 100 barrels of oil. He said, okay, collect the receipt. Sit down and write 50. Don't write 100. You will pay 50. Now, the reason why he did that was that he realized that he cannot work. That's what he said. He says, I cannot work. Neither can I dig. I can't do any of those things. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to reduce the prices for them so that when my stewardship fails, I will be accepted into their homes. Because if you reduce the price for him and the guy pays something lower, it means you save the guy some, some money problems, isn't it? And so if you go to his house and you say you want to eat rice, do you think he will not give it to you? He will give it to you. So that was what he did. He said, I'm, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be reducing the cost for everybody. So that when I'm sacked, because I have done wrong, he did wrong before. He was using his Lord's money for foolish things. Then when he was caught, he decided that he would do even wilder things. So that when he's going away, when he's gone, he will be accepted into nice places in the homes of those people. I'm resolved what to do. That when I'm put out of this, the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he reduced the prices for them. When he reduced the prices for them, and the Lord, his Lord, his master had it. The rich man had it. He said that, ah, this guy is a correct guy. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Say he had done wisely. Can you imagine? The Lord thought that the guy has done very, very wisely. This guy has been very smart. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Who are the children of light? We are the children of light. See, I'm a child of light. I'm a child of light. Say it again, I'm a child of light. I'm a child of light. Let me show you the scripture that shows you that you're a child of light. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. 1 Thessalonians. He says, ye are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Have you seen it? Straight, you are the, say, I'm a child of light. I'm a child of Why? Because you're a child of God. You are born again. God is light. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we are the children of light. But the same father of lights is saying that the children of this generation are wiser than the children of light. He says, when it comes to money, the children of darkness are wiser. Is that not a very serious thing? Are you not bothered? I'm bothered. And the Lord commanded on just the word because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Why is he saying that? He's talking about money. The fact that the children of this world know how to use money and know what to use money for. And know how to become rich. You see, the guy is an unjust guy. He was stealing. When he was caught, instead of apologizing, he stole more. So that, and this time the stealing was stealing with men, giving to men. So that when he sacked, those people he gave to can accept him into nice places. Go down. You see what he's talking about. Next verse, please. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of mammon of unrighteousness. He says, make friends for yourself through the mammon of unrighteousness. Mammon is the God for money. He says, make through the God of money, make friends with people. Or make friends with institutions. And I say unto you, make yourselves friends of the mammon of righteousness. So that when you fail, when you fail, what does it mean by when you fail? When your stewardship fails. Remember, I just spoke about eternal judgment and all that. When you stand before the Lord and give an account of yourself and you fail, like you didn't get any reward because you didn't go anywhere, you didn't do anything for the Lord. There's one thing that can save you and make you enjoy in heaven. He says, I say unto you, make yourselves friends of a mammon of righteousness so that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. They, who are the they? NLT. Do you have NLT? Do you have NLT here? Great. Powerful. Here is a lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. 
This one says, I tell you, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. In this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. Your generosity, say my generosity, stores up for me a reward in heaven. So your money here can change to become a reward in heaven. Every money you give out changes to become a reward in heaven. Is that not supernatural? Is that not powerful? It's like it's almost as though you can buy a place for yourself in heaven through money. So I mentioned another scripture in First Timothy, right? Chapter what? Chapter six, verse nineteen. Let's read First Timothy chapter six, verse nineteen. Let's read up. Go to verse seventeen. He says, "Charge them that are rich in this world. Talk to them. Charge them." Charge is a military word. Like give them instructions along this line. Charge them, those, those who are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded because rich people can become very high-minded. They feel they are big. They are just buying cars and buying things and buying that. It says instead of doing foolish things with their money, charge them that they be not high-minded, nor trusting on certain riches as though their riches will save them. Your money will not save you in the next life until you do some things with it here in this life. Your money can save you. We've just seen it. He says, your generosity can buy a reward for you in the heavens. Huh. How do you do that? By giving it out. Not by hoarding it. Nor trust it on certain riches. But in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. God does that. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. Next verse. So, it says, that they be good. Charge them and tell them. So that they be good. That they be rich in good works. Ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation. Say a good foundation. foundation. Say it again. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. So that they may lay hold on eternal life. So your money can lay a foundation for you in heaven. Am I the one saying it? It's written in the Bible. The time to come. Probably you think that all these two scriptures are lies. They are not really in the Bible. The first one was said by Jesus, not by somebody else. Jesus said it. And Jesus emphatically said it again in another place. Matthew chapter 19, verse what? From verse 16. Matthew 19, 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? The guy was interested in eternal life. So Jesus told him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. But if thou will enter into life, keep the commandments. If you want to inherit eternal life, there are two ways. First of all, keep the commandments. Then he says, next verse, he saith unto him, which? He's asking Jesus, which one should I do? Jesus said unto him, thou shalt do no murder. Don't kill anybody. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Don't sleep with anybody's wife. Thou shalt not steal. Don't steal anybody's money. Thou shalt not be bear false witness. Don't put someone in trouble because of your mouth. Honor your father and your mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. All these, If you follow these things, you have eternal life. Next verse, the young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lacked I yet? The guy realized that he was still lacking something. So it's what lack I yet? I do all these things. But what do I lack? Remember, that as a child of God, there's only one law for us. It's called the law of love. Okay? Read in Romans chapter 13. From verse 6. Look at Romans chapter 13 from verse 6. Let me show it to you. Go to verse 8. Verse 8. But we don't read too much. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. Next verse. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. You remember the things Jesus was saying. Same things here. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying. Namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Have you seen it? Thou shalt, and that's what the Bible recommends us to do. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. And this is what brings you into eternal life. There are different types of eternal life. There's the eternal life we have now. Okay? That leads us into eternal life. But then there's et- more eternal life in the, in the lives to come. Do you understand? That's why Jesus said that whosoever has responded to me and has left mother, father, cars, and all that for my sake and for the gospel shall inherit. Now in this time, mother, father, lands, and all that. Then he says, and in the life to come, eternal life. He said in the life to come, he didn't say in this time. He said eternal life. However, we have eternal life as well here in this life. Are you seeing it? Uh-huh. So eternal life is updated in the life to come. 
and through love, eternal life for you in the next life is updated. That is true. Jesus said it. Okay? The guy asked, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He said, do these things. And the guy said, I have done all these things. What do I lack yet? There are Christians who lack something. What do they lack? They lack that aspect of using their money to do something for them in their next life. So Jesus said, the young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth. What lack, what lack I yet? What is it that I'm lacking? Next verse. Jesus said unto him, if thou will be perfect. Say, if thou will be perfect. Say it again. Let's read that version so that we understand it. Okay? <laughs> Jesus answered, if you would be perfect, that is, have that spiritual maturity which accompanies self-sacrificing character. This is what amplifies it. It's if you would be perfect, that is, have that spiritual maturity which accompanies self-sacrificing character. Go and sell what you have. I mean, for you to get this, it says, go and sell what you have. Say, go and sell what you have. Jesus is interested in selling some things. Selling what you have. It's written in the Bible so many times. Sell what you have. So you never say, I don't have anything to give. Sell what you have. No, because it's written in the Bible clearly. Hmm? Acts chapter 4, verse what? Acts chapter 4, verse 34. Go to Acts chapter 4, verse 34, and then we'll come back to this, okay? Neither was there anything that among them, anyone among them that lacked. For us, many as were possessors of lands, as many as were possessors of lands or houses, sold them. This is the New Testament church. Says those who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. Next verse. And laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. They sold what they had and they brought the money. So Jesus told him that, listen, go and go and sell what you have and give that money to the poor. Become generous. Sell what you have and give the money to the poor. That's what Jesus told him. Sell what you have and give, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have riches in heaven. You have riches where? In heaven. You have riches where? In heaven. So physical riches can buy you spiritual riches in heaven. He says you have riches in heaven and come be my disciple, side with my party, and follow me. If that would be perfect. So Paul told the Corinthian church, you guys are excelling in many things. To see that you excel in this particular grace also. Because there are a lot of Christians who don't like this particular thing. As soon as you talk about seed sowing, giving, their faces change. So you can't say it in church. Second Corinthians chapter 1, I think. You excel in other things. You excel in knowledge. And all that, see that you excel in this grace also. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. It says, therefore, as you are bound in everything, in faith. So there are Christians who are, they are bounding in faith. And utterance, they are bounding in natural, they can teach the word. And knowledge, they have a lot of knowledge of God's word. And all diligence, they are into working hard for the Lord. And in your love to us, they love the saints. He says, see that ye are bound in this grace also. Which grace? The grace of giving. Because if you take it out, you will lack something in the heavenies. That is what the guy said. I've done all these things. What lack I yet? Do you understand what I'm saying? So you must be a Christian who is also excelling in this particular aspect as well. Giving. Because it is giving that helps you to access the grace of prosperity in your life. That's why I asked how, what happened with men's gold. Did you use your shoe to get men's gold, to get accounts with men's gold? No, you use money. You use money. You use money for more money. No investment comes without money. Any investment you will do, they will ask you to give money first and tell you they have to work with it over a month and give you your dividends. There are investments where you can put let's say 100,000 in one investment, and at the end of a whole year, they give you 8% on the 100,000. At the end of a whole year, they give you 8%. So men's good came and said that, I'm giving you 10% every month. Hi! Too nice. See that you are bound in this grace also. Let's read the Amplified of that particular verse. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. 
Now, as you are bound and excel and are in the front in everything, in faith, in expressing yourselves, in knowledge, in all zeal, and in your love for us, see to it that you will come to the front now and are bound and excel in this grace. Work of almsgiving also. He mentions straight, almsgiving, giving alms, giving for something to happen for God. It's important. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. The next week Sunday, you have to bring your money. You must see that you excel in this grace also. You must come to the front in this grace also. You must become so abundant along the lines of giving. Like you can release very easily without struggle. If you, have not, if you are not accustomed to releasing uh, 100 Ghana or 200 Ghana cities or 500 Ghana cities, like it can just leave you like that. Then you, will not, you are putting yourself under. You can never have 500 cities come into your life just like that. You can't. Do you understand grace? Grace is ease. Grace is God working and helping you to function with ease along a certain line. God helping you. God working for you. Are you seeing it? So if there's no grace to handle 500, how do you express grace to handle 500? By giving 500. How do you express grace to handle 1,000? By giving 1,000. If all you can give and you'll be okay is 50 Ghana cities, then it means that you are not going to elevate yourself beyond 50 Ghana cities. Nobody can give you 50 Ghana cities easily. I remember the first day I had someone giving me uh, 10,000 free of charge. I had given 20,000 earlier. So someone could give me 10,000. Someone gave me $1,000 just like that. The day he gave me the $1,000, it didn't stay with me for more than two minutes. When he gave it to me, I gave it to somebody. When I got the money, God told me, this money is not for you. I just want to preach from somewhere this morning. When they gave me the money, God told me, this money is not for you. So I gave it to my wife. It's not for me. It's not for us, for this person. Let's give it to the person. What do you think I'm doing? I'm functioning in the grace of giving so that I can have more. It's called giving and receiving. It's a law. It's called giving and receiving. As you give, you receive. So if you can release 500 Ghana cities, you'll be surprised. I was there when I received 60 Ghana cities. I've received 80,000 Ghana cities in cash before. As my, as my money. It's a gift. Yeah. Are you surprised? <laughs> yes. I'm not joking with you. I'm telling you the truth. Why? Because I can release 30,000 Ghana cities. On my own. I'm talking on my level. Everybody must function on your level. Don't say that, hey. No, I know how I started. I remember when I was giving, I was releasing 50 Ghana cities. I remember. When I, I was trying to put my faith to work with respect to handling 100 Ghana cities and receiving 100 Ghana cities by releasing 100 Ghana cities. I remember very well. God has promoted me over the years. Okay? Now I can talk about some things. I can talk about $2,000, $5,000 very easily without any problems. Why? Because I have learned to give it. If you don't learn to give it, you've not, you are not ready to receive such things. So apart from getting that heavenly thing, heavenly reward for what you did, for what you gave, there's an earthly side where you receive. You see, and the, the, the channel for receiving is called faith. You must, you must give out of faith and you are going to receive out of faith. That's how it works. So you don't just depart with your money. Don't come and give because I'm saying you should give. You should give because you believe in what I'm saying. You believe in what the word of God says. Look at Acts chapter 20 verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. This Paul talking. He says, I have not coveted any man's silver, gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that are with me. I have showed you in all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What is he saying? He says, it is more blessed to give. The blessing is in giving, not in the receiving. So what it means is that your giving must exceed your receiving. Do you understand? Or you don't understand? Let me come back again. He says, it's more blessed. Where is the blessing? The blessing is in giving, not in receiving. However, he says that when you give, you shall receive. Isn't it? It's a law, give and receive. He says that after you have given, the blessing is in giving, 
not in receiving. It is more blessed to give. Of course, you'll be blessed as well you receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed. There's a blessing in receiving. When you receive, you've been blessed. Oh? Yeah. But it says that the blessing in giving exceeds the blessing in receiving. So what do you think you should do? You should give more. You should excel in giving. You should give more. You should give more so that you can receive more. And so that you'll be blessed more. The, the blessing in receiving is not, it's not much, but it's, it's, it's a blessing. But the blessing, the actual blessing is in giving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes you see Christians who have to beg for some things to happen in their lives. You can't give and reduce. If you have given and you have reduced, it means that you didn't give in faith. You must give in faith. What is faith? Faith is, I believe in what God is saying, that when I give, I will never lack. Let me show you what, how you can express your faith with your giving. Okay? Okay, so go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's read from verse 6, so that we don't read too much. Okay? But this I say, he that he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Do you understand sparingly? Gradually. Let's read the Amplified. Uh-huh. Remember this. He who sows sparingly and gradually will also reap sparingly and gradually. Do you understand gradually? Yeah. They are taking money from us every time. We should give every time. We should give. We are not seeing anything every time. We are giving every time. We are giving. We are not, as you are giving the seed and giving the offering. Every time you are giving, look at this offering bag is so full. What is all this? I went for a meeting somewhere. I went for Bishop Post meeting in Nigeria. The offering bag was so heavy. They passed it around. The money people were dropping in it was so heavy that I couldn't carry the offering bag to put my offering inside. My small offering. I was like, man, this is offering. <laughs> no, they carried the bags. Do you remember? I was there with you. They carried jute bags of offerings. Sometimes they can use two weeks to count one offering. Because it's so much. Are you surprised? Why? They understand giving. They know what it does for them. It's called a sacrifice. Do you think they give their spare? A lot of people are giving their spare. It's not your spare. You give what is costing you. That is how we give in faith. What is costing you? Knowing that God is going to answer you. Do you understand? Knowing that there's going to be a change in whatever it is that you want changed. So you must have something. You must have a reason for sowing. If there's no reason for sowing, there's another reason I'm going to give to you. Okay? Which is a better reason than having a reason for sowing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go to the next verse. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully. You are giving and you are, you are, you are sad. Since nobody should give reluctantly as though you are being forced. And not sorrowfully. Or under compulsion. Don't feel you are being forced. For God loves. He takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do its giver whose heart is in his giving. Let's read there, King James, so that we can go on. Go to verse 8. And God is able to make all grace. Just after you have given the right way. How do you give the right way? Give joyfully, give cheerfully, give with your heart inside and give abundantly. Hmm? Well, that's what's family shall receive sparingly. He that soweth what? Bountifully. So you must, you must sow bountifully. How do, you, how, do you, how do you mean bountifully? You must sow lavishly. You must sow something that is, is remarkable. Don't sow something that you, is nothing to you. Some of us can give beyond a certain figure. So Jesus, Jesus was standing in the temple and he saw some people coming to come and give. All the rich men came and cast out they are offerings. Big, 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 big offerings. This woman came with two mites and gave two little mites, not even silver coins, they were copper coins, small, small coins. Two. And Jesus called the disciples and said, Listen, this woman has given more than all these people. Why? Because he says, Out of this woman's poverty, out of her penury, she has given all her living. The key is, she gave all her living. Do you understand? Meaning that if the rich men too had given all their living, God would have seen them in another light. Because they didn't give bountifully. They gave big. It was big money, but it was not bountifully. It was not out of a need. It was not, they didn't give. I mean, they, they, the woman gave and they didn't know what she was going to eat. She gave and didn't know how she was going to go home. Shouldn't Jesus have called her and said that, woman, come back. Receive of the bounty of the, the rich men. Come for the rich man's money. Is that what he's supposed to have done? 
But he said, no, the woman has done a great thing. Go, God is going to bless you. It should come in the news. Bad prophet takes two mites away from widow. The only money that she had. All her living. Is there? He says, and he called unto this is Mark chapter twelve verse forty three. And he called unto disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow has cast more in that than all they which have cast into the treasury. Next verse. For all they did cast in of the abundance, it was out of the abundance. They didn't cast in bountifully beyond the abundance. They gave out of the abundance, out of the abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So her, her giving cost her. And Jesus said that this is remarkable. This woman is blessed. So we are saying that give 500 Ghana cities. You realize that the 500 Ghana cities, it is nothing to you. If you do, <coughs> 500 will show up. You don't have to give that. You have to give beyond that. You have to go beyond that. See, I have to go beyond that. Now go back to 2 Corinthians 9. We are in verse 8 now. Listen, I, me, I don't want to lack. I don't want to lack. Do you want to lack? How many of you want to be poor? How many of you like poverty? Is poverty a good thing? Have you ever been hungry before? Do you understand hunger? You can be hungry and it's like someone is pushing your stomach outward. There's some, there are some pins inside. It's not a small thing. When you're hungry, you can't even think. You can't think straight. Listen. Uh, Ghana is not getting any easier. You better escape the problems of the country. By applying something higher. Paul said, my God is able to give you Supply all your needs according to his riches that is in glory in Christ Jesus. Isn't it? Is that not what Paul said? What was he talking about? The people had given to him. It is those people, he's talking about to the Philippian church. The Philippian church had given to him. They had sold into the ministry. And he said that my God is able to supply all your needs. Shall supply all your needs according to his riches. So there's the economy of God. There's the riches of God. Which is not by the riches of this world. It doesn't function according to the economy of this world. It is higher than the economy of this world. Are you listening to me? So whether dollar goes high or goes low, or not, it doesn't affect you. Some of you know the price of tomatoes on, on, on the market. You know when the prices of food change. You know when the prices of yam change. Milk changes. Price of milk changes, isn't it? Have you ever seen the price of milk going down since you were born? Yeah, you went and it was five cities, now it is three cities. Have you seen some evolve? You should know that it's not going to get, it's not going to go down. It's going to go higher and higher and higher and higher and higher with the years. And it is becoming more and more difficult to do anything in this world. I see what I'm talking about. There's an escape route. The escape route is the word of God. It's the grace of God. What I'm telling you now. What I'm telling you is that invest into something higher so that you can have returns that are higher. He says, after you have given bountifully, properly, with your heart in there, not by compulsion, not because you are being forced, but because you know that as you are giving, you are giving to God, not to a man. He says, God is able. Say, God is able. God is able to make all grace. So this giving leads you to all grace. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency and in all things may abound to every good work. Let's read the Amplified of this verse. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Say in abundance. abundance. Say it again, in abundance. In abundance. abundance, So that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient. I want to be self-sufficient. I want to be able to travel without having to go and knock my father's door and say, give me money. Don't you want such things? Don't you want self-sufficiency? You need to ask because, before you can buy panties for yourself. Preach. 
It's like you don't like my message. You need to ask before you can get a TV in your room. You think TV is not expensive? Be there. You see flash screen like that. It's not a joke. It's exp- everything is expensive. Everything is expensive. You have to borrow to eat. You have to borrow to marry. Do you know there's marriage, mar- uh, wedding loan? There's car loan, there's wedding loan, there's style loan, there's suits loan, there's, every- there's lipstick loan even. There's funeral loan. Every- there's loan for everything. I don't want that. Do you want that for your life? How many of you want to live in abundance? No matter what is happening in the world. I'm showing you the way. It's either you believe it or you don't believe it. It's either you go by the way of everybody or you go the way God wants you to go. God is showing you. So that you may always, say always, always. And, uh, and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid. To require no aid. Say no aid. Requiring no aid or support. And furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Meaning that you always have to give. So give in faith with this in your mind. That as I'm giving, this this is my experience. I have abundance. I require no aid in the name of the Lord Jesus. I have continuous supply. I will never go down. I will keep going higher. So decide. I want to take myself out. Maybe you are young, so you don't understand. Do you know how much it takes to marry? To do a wedding. For, with 300 people in there. You are trying to get married. How much, how much in an estimate? Stand up and come. Let them see that you are married. He's married next two months. How much in, in, in estimation? That he, not less than 40,000. Not less than 40,000. You think he's lying? Try it and see. How many of you think he's lying? He's not lying. That's how many guests? About 400 guests, isn't it? 400, yeah. Where are you going to find it? You realize that you want to have sex, but you have to save. Uh, you have to save. And as you are saving, and it's going, the economy keeps changing. You need grace to marry, I'm telling you. You need faith to marry. <laughs> yes, Atupa is very expensive. Correct one. If you, unless you are stealing. Unless you are a thief. Hallelujah. You have to escape. Let's escape the problems of this world. Let's escape the financial stress of this world. By giving to the building up of the house of God. You see, God always calls for a seed when he wants to build. Always. Always. And he doesn't even give any reason. You don't even have to, you don't have, to have any reason for giving for God's house to be built. You understand? Like, oh, I'm giving because I want this to happen. Yes, it's an added bonus. He showed you. It's an added bonus. But the reality is that we are building for God to have a place that he can call his own. Some people gave for this place. I spoke and spoke. Listen, what, how much do you think has been spent on this place? Can you wrap your mind around it? How much do you think? About 100,000. 100,000 will not do this, just this part of the, of the room. I'm telling you the truth. What? 400,000. It's a joke. It takes money to do something for God. You see, this thing is for God. It's not for anybody. My name is not on anything here. It's just these things that have my name on it. And they are mobile. They are mobile. When I die, you can take them away. You put another one there. But nothing is for me. It is to the glory of God. And there were other people who were, who, who were here and did it. Yes. Young people, we did it. We pushed and paid. And did so many things. For, think. No loan. We didn't take any loan. I'm not interested in loans. We don't take loans, actually. We do it according to our strength. What we can do for today, we'll do. Every day there's work. Always working. That's what we do. That's our secret to building. Every day there's work. And we do it ourselves too. Everybody here carried concrete. They push concrete. They push everything. The floor. Everything. We did everything. We are the laborers. Every Saturday we are here. 24th December, we're working. We're casting concrete for this one. Sharp. 
Why? It's for God. Plastering. It's for everything. Wiring. Wiring is very expensive. Do you know wiring? Passing wire so that electricity can be here. It's very expensive. You see that board there with all those equipments in there? We bought all those things with money. How did the money come? From God's children. God always calls his children to bring money for his house to be built. That's how it is. The offerings will not come from anywhere. The offerings will come from the mouth of the fish. So you are the one to give for things to happen in the house of God. We are the, I, 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 I'm not excluding myself. I'm coming to give my seed. I've sowed. I've, I've prepared my seed to come and sow. And I'm coming to sow too. On that day I'll be here. No, I'll not be out of travel, but I'll, wherever I am, I'll sow there. I'll be in Medina Church, but I'll sow there. Every, all of us, all of, all of our churches are giving on the same day. So I'll be there to give. I don't know about you. Are you preparing yourself to give? Are you saving or selling something to give? What are you selling? What are you doing for the Lord? Hmm? Are you just going to come without, or you will miss the service even? God always, he always calls for an offering. Always. Exodus chapter 25. Let's read from verse 1. Exodus 25 verse 1. Always. Always. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they may that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it what willingly with his heart. That's how you do, you do it willingly. Don't force yourself over nothing. Do it willingly, but give your best. What you are giving should not be below your best. Do you understand? Yeah. Or else it doesn't count before the eyes of God. You may not get what you're supposed to get. Give your best. Even if you have, you don't have 500, 500 and you have 100, that is, the, that is your best. Your last, give it. Okay? If you realize you have a thousand, that is your last. Because You see, when I give on 31st, I will empty my account. I wouldn't know what to eat on 1st April. That is the plan. But I will be fine. I've done it so many times. God has taken care of me so many times. I've done it so, it's not once or twice. I've done it so many times. You should ask my wife. We empty accounts often. Often. Because I don't want to stay on a certain level. I don't want to beg. <laughs> I don't want to have trouble. My clothes becoming tattered. As you're wearing the clothes, you've worn it for five years. Ten years. Same clothes. Why? It shouldn't be like that. The way to change your clothes is to empty your wardrobe. I've emptied my wardrobe so many days that I gave shoes out. I gave, I gave suits out. I'm expecting more to come in. I gave shoes out. I'm expecting more to come in. I give ties. I give ties out. That's how, that's how I change my wardrobe. I empty it. I even have more. I have to empty it. They are clothes I've not worn in six months. They are not bad clothes. They are good clothes. Just I have not found myself wearing them. What are they doing in my wardrobe? I have to empty them. They have to go out. He says, tell them to bring an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Ye shall take my offering. It is not for the church. It is not for the pastor. It is for God. He says, you shall take my offering. Next verse. And this is the offering which you shall take of them. So God prescribes what type of offering he needs. He didn't say they should, anybody can bring whatever he wants. No, he gave them, he defined it for them. He says, gold and silver and brass. That is why we gave you categories. If you are a pastor, this is your amount. If you are this, this is your amount. It's not because we are doing like we don't know what we want. It is because that's how God said it. There's, some, there's an expectation God has. There's something God wants to do. And he needs a certain amount of money. He has done his calculation. He has his budget. He says, okay, this person give this, this person give this. He had his own budget. He said, bring gold and silver and brass. Next verse, verse 4. And blue and purple and scarlet and fine lining and goat's hair. And ram skin dyed red and badger skins and shitting wood. It's a type of wood. Oil for the light. He requested for even oil. Spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense. Everything. Onyx stones and stones to be set in the effort and in the breastplate. And let them make a sanctuary. It is for what? For making a sanctuary. Let them make a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. This is good enough reason to give to the house of God for it to be built. So that God may dwell amongst us. So that God will have a place to stay. If this was not built, will you be here? No. Where will you have sat? Where will you have sat? Then everybody wants drums. Yes, drums. Equipment. Ask him, the budget that has come for drums. Keyboard, this one, this one, everybody. 
Do you know how much land in Accra costs? You remember you got you got us some, you showed us some lands. How much did they mention? You know, the lady who took us to those lands behind Medina Church and then the one at Firestone. You remember the lady before you traveled to Denmark? You remember? It was $150,000 for one plot. And a plot in Accra is 60 by 100. Do you know 60? 60, this building, the, the, the width from here to here is about 53. So add seven feet more to it. That is one, one plot, yes. This length is, uh, I think, about 85. So just add 20 more. That's 100. So 60 by 100, one plot. $150,000. How much is that in cities now? <laughs> Check for me, please. 5.5. Let's multiply by 5.5. 150 times 5.5 is what? It's 800 and what? 25,000 Ghana cities for one plot. One, you know one plot? 60 by, not 100 by 100. 60 by 100. I'm not joking with you. I've found lands that one costs... It is 8.2 billion. I found land right now that one costs $200,000. One plot costs $200,000. And one plot is 60 by 100. I'm not joking with you. I'm very serious. Yeah. So where would God live? Why should we build our houses when God does not have a place to live? People are building mosques all over the place. Yes. Because they are wise. You see, the people of this generation are wiser. You know Muslims dash their lands for most to the build. They don't rent. They don't rent. They don't rent at all. So if you have, if you have land somewhere, bring your land. Tell me about bring your land. You are too young to have land. Bring your land. Maybe they gave you a land as a property. Bring your land. Your father died and left you land. It is good for the church. It is good for the church. It is good for God. It says, bring it to me so that they may make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. So that I may dwell among them, just so that I'll be with them. If God is among you, if God is amongst us, what can't we do? Ah. Listen, there's money in secret places that God will give to you. Yes. That's what God told Cyrus. Cyrus built him a house. He said, I'm going to expose you to riches you never thought you'd have. Hidden riches, secret riches. Why? Because you are interested in my house. Look, okay, go to Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. Ezra 1, 1. So we, we, you, you should give not because, only because you want something out of God. If you don't see anything coming, if you don't see anything changing, and you see that the building is sitting down there, you have accomplished your purpose. That is your testimony, that we were able to do this for God. Finish. God reward you for that. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made the proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He says, the Lord God has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has charged me. Why did he give me all the kingdoms of the earth? Because he had charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. How many of you want to inherit the earth? No, Charlie, I want you to be rich. God wants you to be rich. The way to be rich is by giving to his house for his kingdom to be built. You see, Israel did those things and built a tabernacle for God and built a temple for God. That is why they are not lacking to date. No matter what happens to them, they still come back. They still become fine. Why? Because they built God a tabernacle. And they built God a temple. Cyrus didn't lack. He was made king of the whole world. Why? Because God wanted him to build him a house. Look at the next verse. Verse 3. Then he says, Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. He, this is God. He must have a location. He must have a place. Next verse. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he is agenda, let the men of his place help him with silver. And help him with gold and with goods and beasts beside the funeral offering for the house of God. That is in Jerusalem. Help them with money. God needs money. Look at one plot. Say one plot. one plot. Is it not interesting for you? No. And that one plot is the same price you are going to buy for your own house. You are going to get 8.2 million. You see, and uh, these, are, these are lands around... Um, 
These are lands around outskirts. This is Medina, even Medina Estates. Coming to, I don't know if you know Accra very well, coming to Firestone, Atomic Junction. Those places is $200,000, $250,000. Coming down to Hacho. Hacho is around $150,000 now. If you are lucky, you get some for $150,000 Ghana cities. That one is some at the chest somewhere. That one you buy, you have to fill, uh, buy plenty filling to fill. Then when you go down to West, West Legon, West Legon land you can't buy now. West Legon land, I saw a land that is selling for 1.2 million Ghana cities. About four plus together. 1.2 million Ghana cities. Hey, 1.2 million dollars. Sorry, I'm sorry. Everything's in dollars, please. Dollars. And dollars keeps rising. Nobody goes in cities, no. They don't want cities. If they go to cities, they always check how much will I get in dollars. I shouldn't get less than $35,000 for what I'm selling. So we must give. What do you think? We must give. Everything God gave to us is from God. And he gave it to us so that we might establish his covenant and establish what he wants us to do. Hallelujah. Look at First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles chapter 29 from verse 1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son whom alone God has chosen is yet young and tender and the work is great for the palace is not for man but for the Lord God. We're going to build God the temple now. Next verse. Now I have prepared with all my might. This is David talking. I have prepared with all my might. Even when the king does it, it's still not enough. You remember, Cyrus did it and still said that, listen, bring more. We must not leave the house of God to be built by one person. God is not interested in that because that, only that person will be blessed. Do you get it? God would want every other person to be involved. Hallelujah. And now I've prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things to be made of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistering stones, and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marble stones in abundance. This is David, though. One person. Why did God make David king? Because he liked his house. He says, I've always had it in my heart to build God a house. <laughs> you must always have it in your house to build God a house. That is a secret to abundance. When you have the kingdom of God at heart and the house of God at heart, you want to build. I just want to. There's a brother I, I know. You see, we, have, we are all blessed. We've, we've, God has blessed us. We've been doing this for a long time. This is not the first time we are doing a, a sister conference. We've, been, we've done it for years. Probably this is the fifth year or something like that. We've done it for years. And people have given for various things, for various things to be done. But there's this particular guy in this church who has God's house so much on his heart. God has prospered him. I know him. I know how he started. God has prospered him so much because he has one secret. His only secret is that he doesn't joke with the house of God. Yeah. God has blessed him. Why? Because he has God's house on his heart. And his business that he's doing, he's doing it because of God. If you make that your aim in life, if you make God's house your aim in life, that I want God's house to be built, I want the kingdom of God to go forward. Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That is the secret of prosperity. Seek God. Seek the righteousness of God. Seek the kingdom of God. Let that be your first aim as a child of God. Because for many children of God, God is not, not, not secondary or tertiary. God is the, cat, the Catalan tertiary, something. To the back, you don't think about God much. David said, I've always had it on my heart. So he prepared. He prepared. You see, after giving on Sunday, you should start preparing for next year. You should prepare. That, David prepared. That was why he had, he had, he had so much. He, could, he had given so much. Look at the next verse. I've given him in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection. Have you seen David? How many of you know David in the Bible? How many of you realize that David was really prosperous? How many of you remember how David started? David had nothing. He was a shepherd boy. He had nothing. By the end of his life, before, way before the end of his life, he was super rich. Moreover, because I've set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good and of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Next verse. Even 3,000 talents of gold. I think we should find the financial. Okay. 
NLT. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir and 26 tons of refined silver. Do you know one ton? Have you seen one ton of iron rods before? Have you seen some before? There's some upstairs. We could go upstairs and go and look at it. We have about eight tons upstairs. That's just eight. In, how much is it in, in dollars? I think there are some script verses that quotes in dollars. You said that two fifty thousand dollars, two fifty million dollars. Yeah. What he gave? Two hundred fifty million dollars. Hmm? That's what he gave. Let's start from where we are, isn't it? Yeah. Let's start from where we are. I remember watching a certain man of God. I was watching a, a video. Pastor Chris was preaching. He was talking about money, like I'm talking about money now. And someone gave. A million dollars. He had given a million dollars already earlier. And someone else was challenged by his giving, so he also gave a million dollars. Then Pastor Chris said, Wow, that is powerful. I'm giving two million dollars. Right on TV, he gave two million dollars. So in that night, he gave three million dollars. I went for a meeting in South Africa. Right in that meeting, he said that God is leading him to give ten million dollars. So right then, then he gave, you think you give it if he didn't have it? He has it. That's why he's giving it. Ten million dollars at once. He recently gave what one billion dollars for uh, 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 University to be built. Is it one billion? It's actually one billion naira, not dollars, which is a lot of money. Hallelujah. I don't know what you want, though. I don't know if you want to be coasting on ten dollars every day. Oh yeah, there are people like there are Christians like that. They are always on ten dollars. Two dollars. Do, we don't even do dollars. They do CDs. CDs. Go back two CDs. We pay guy we bring. I now see our nokakla. I want you to start. God wants you to start on your journey to real prosperity. Okay, it's a journey. It's a journey, and it, it's by money. You give money, God gives you something. Now. He gives you by grace. You realize that you can do more. You can do more. I can't wait to give my first $100,000. I can't wait to do that. I have a very big plan to do that. Give God $100,000. I've never given God $100,000. I've never given God $50,000 before. The highest I've given is about around $15,000. I would want to do more. I want to give my first hundred thousand dollars. Then with time, give my first one million. I can't wait to give my first. The day I give my one, first one million, I'll do myself dirty in the church. <laughs> Maybe who feels sorry? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. And for the work of gold, silver, work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, who will follow my example? That's what I'll share. That's why I'll share my testimony. How many times have you heard me talking about what I've given? I want you to follow my example. When we're doing this building here. Eh? During the time of the slab, we were in Nigeria. It was almost my birthday. And the church had planned to buy me a car. In the season of building. So they had saved. They had saved, I think, up to about 50000 Then I said, give me that money. I can't chop this money. I can't use I can't, that car that I was sitting in. The car that you buy for me, for me to drive in. That car. I can't drive in it. When God's house is still there. So it's my birthday. Give it to me. So I collected it. They said, oh, no, no, we have to buy the car. I said, give me the offering. It's my seat now, oh, isn't it? I said, yes. So I said, give me my seat. Give me, it's mine. When they give it to me, I give it to church. Let's do the slab. And the slab was done. So next week, Sunday. It's not the Sunday. Next week, Sunday. If you've not prepared, start preparing. You can ask for money from people. You can ask for money from people. I have so many people who have raised money. On, on, haven't you seen it on people's startups? Start-ups we are building a, a house for the Lord. Give me, send me 30, 30 cities, 50 cities. People are doing that. Why can't you do that? You are too nice. You want to save your face. You want to save, ask your neighbor, do you want to save your face? I remember, let me give you another testimony. Last year, somewhere, last year around uh, October, there was so much pressure to raise money to do something for this church. You sometimes when the pressure comes, I will not come. When you come in, it's like nothing is happening. It's like there's no, and there's no pressure actually. We don't show pressure. We don't give pressure. That's why we do this once a year. And every now and then we say, we'll give some 50, 50 cities so that we can raise some 20,000 so that we can do something quickly. 
or 50,000, so we can do something quickly. We needed about 50,000 cities to add to 100,000 to do something in church. The thing was 150,000. And I had to find 50,000 more to add to the 100,000. Actually, it was, the money we had was um, 65,000. So we needed 85,000 more for it to work. I went to a friend and told him, give me 35,000. I need 35,000. My own friend. I told him, give me money. I'll give it to you. I know he has it, so he can give it to me. I didn't tell him I was going to use it for church. I told him, just give it to me. This is my friend. I lost face before my friend, and I took money from my friend. To be returned later. Then, I went to my own family member. And I told him that, listen, we need money. I need money. For church. Not to buy something for myself. I need 50,000 cities for church. I'm not bringing it back. <laughs> yes, I told him I'm not bringing it back. I can't bring it back to you. But I, need, I know you can give it. I know you can give 50,000 for God. So, give me 50,000. I prayed before going to him. And God touched his heart. He said, okay, come for the 50,000. And he gave me 50,000 cities. Not for me to buy land for myself, but to do something for church. And I gave it to church. Do you think God will not bless me? If you see me driving a certain car, don't insult me. Don't say that. Why is the pastor not selling his car? I've sold cars. You didn't, you didn't know about it. I don't have to come and tell you. Hey, don't call me. I'm selling my car. I'm going to use it for church. Oh. So that everyone will see that I'm using it for church. It's my private life. It's between me and God. If I'm not giving it, it's up to me and God. But I'm not foolish. I'm smart. I must preach what I do. What I practice. Hmm? Acts chapter 1 verse 1. These things began both Jesus to do and to teach. So I must do what I'm teaching. Okay? So talk to some people. Tell some people, Charlie, I need money. I want money. I want to sow something big. I want to, we are building a house of God. Bring money and let's build. God will honor you. It is just for the kingdom of God to go forward. As simple as that. You can sow your seed with that in mind. And God will honor you specially. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314. Or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.